1: I've got, well, it's unbelievable to say, I've got Dame Jacqueline Wilson. We're just wandering now with the dogs. We've had a great part one. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, head over and listen to that first, and we'll continue and meander on, shall we? Are yep. you enjoying? Absolutely. It's a beautiful day, and the dogs are having a great time. They're running around <laughs> us here. Uh, we'll see people best hiking, people climbing up the up. hills. Uh, people are enjoying themselves. It's just so nice. And the sun's shining, getting outside. It lifts our spirits so much, doesn't it? When the sun shines... It
0: really, really does. And, um, I don't know how scientific the whole sad, you know, SAD thing yeah, is, but it is. certainly, it does on, on a warm day. I mean, I'm not religious, but it's one of the Psalms, you know, when I look comes to the hills, etc. Um, and it's true. It it's really, really true. works. And, really and when does. the sky is really blue, it, just so lifts the spirits indeed
1: we just the weekend just gone we've had a bit of good weather and I was walking around Battersea Park which you're very familiar with and and I I just noticed how many people are out having picnics and smiling and talking and kids playing and it's not just the obvious of the Sun being out but it just brings people together to spend time outside and, and and in nature it's just just incredible for the mind I'd love to pick up from where we were talking about with your school days and your writing and starting it at such a young age. First of all, you know, what, what inspired you, you know, to say, oh, yeah, I want to be a writer? What made you so fascinated by writing? And yeah, it, how did you get into it? I think into I it?
0: had a, a very vivid imagination. I was an only child. And long before I could read, I would be making up imaginary Games and sort of muttering away to myself in corners, and finding that that imaginary world became as real to me almost as my real life. And then, as soon as I learnt to to print, although it was painfully slow at first, um, I wrote things down, and, and these were my stories. And even with books that I had read, I used to like making up extra bits and it amuses me that children do that now with my books and oh, so you'd read a book chapter. and you'd actually
1: add on an extra chapter onto that.
0: Yes. Well funnily enough the the Faraway tree books were the first chapter books I read and then I read and reread them and I, I fell in love with Silky the Pixie. No, Silky the Fairy indeed. I, I used to call her Silky the pixie, I don't know why, because it's as plain as plain it says fairy. Um, And when I was lucky enough to be invited to write a follow on to Enid Blyton's brilliant trilogy, you know, I had to read them again. And it's very odd rereading books that have been such an indelible part of your Mm. your little girlhood. Mm. And um, I sort of felt that Silky the fairy was still enchanting to me. And I love the other characters. Um, but I had, as a child, made up the, the story that I climbed the magic faraway tree. I met these people. I climbed the little ladder up into the clouds and entered whichever land it was. I generally engineered it that it would be the land of birthdays. <laughs> I could have something special. Cake,
1: birthday cake every day. Yeah,
0: uh, But the, the thing is that these were stories that, Meant a lot to me. Um, when I discovered Eve Garnett's book, The Children from One End Street, I loved that too because they were kind of working class kids as I was. And that made me think, you know, well, I, I wrote various stories about the two main girls, Lily Rose and Kate. I mean, I just sort of picked up on things and wrote them, which was a delight. I mean, you obviously can't do that as an adult just without a particular goal in mind choose other people's characters just (laughs) like that it would be fun Um, but uh, as a child i think I always tell children that you can r- use other people's characters. They can write a story about Tracy Beaker if they want, or Hetty Feather or whatever. You can't do it when you're grown up. And if you're a professional writer, you certainly get can't, in trouble. Indeed. And, unless you're <laughs> invited by a yes, publisher to yes, do yeah. that. Um, yes. So I think it was just the joy of making things up. And then when you can write them down, it's kind of permanent. Otherwise, your imaginary games just fade away. And I wanted to be a writer all the way through secondary school. But you become more guarded, more wary then, and you don't want people to tease you. And uh, so I was always a bit vague with my friends about what I wanted to do. And then sadly, uh, my parents didn't see the point of staying on at school after 16. They thought you got your, well, it wasn't GCSEs then, it was O-levels. And then you went out to work. Uh, but my mum was keen, <laughs> I had some kind of training so I went to a, a sort of college where you learnt shorthand and typing. I didn't want to be a secretary at all but um, I thought, well this is what you do. And But very luckily for me, because my speeds weren't great, um, I saw this advert in one of the papers when I was looking for some kind of typing job that said wanted teenage writers. Mm. It really did say that in in a little box. And it was the Scottish publishing firm DC Thompson's who were going to be starting up a new teenage magazine and they wanted lots of material for it because they mostly filled their magazines with freelance work. And so somehow I had the nerve to write them a story, I'd just been given a typewriter for a birthday present, little second-hand one. That's amazing! Do you still have it? I haven't got that one sadly, but I have got some old Remingtons and Olivettes oh, in the loft, just because they were. Oh, I, I still wish. I mean, I know that a computer does, goodness knows how many fancy things, but I do rather feel it's got a mind of its own, yes. and suddenly, for reasons that escape me, you know things just change themselves around and you don't know where you are with them. Whereas a typewriter, it knew its place.
1: (laughs) Yes. You were in charge and it did what it was told. And the
0: only (laughs) thing that went wrong sometimes was the ribbon got stuck or or a key got stuck. And even somebody like me, who's incredibly incompetent at any practical things um, could sort it out for myself. (laughs) But so I wrote them this story and astonishingly they liked it. And actually paid me for it which i wasn't expecting and um after i'd bombarded them with stories very happily they offered me a job and then i went and was a journalist um in scotland on the magazines one of which was jackie <laughs> which was named after me the new teenage magazine That's so and but i always knew i wanted to write books most and i think By that stage, in my teens, I'd actually written two full-length children's books. And I did try one with a publisher who actually sent me a very nice letter back. Saying no, they didn't want it for reasons X, Y, Z, but kind of in a try again dear sort of way and I was a fool complete fool I thought oh they're just being kind to me because I'm young and I'm just not ever going to get a novel published and so if there's one piece of advice it was that don't give up just keep trying
1: I think that's a powerful thing for anyone but young people whatever stage you are in life is is to kind of give things a real go. I think we often see people and people will see everything that you've achieved you know all the books the amazing success you've had and sometimes we perhaps forget or in fairness we don't see always the f- failures if i might say that or the knockbacks or the or oh, maybe i'll give up on this we don't always see that and it kind of highlights the point you said earlier on that you can have you know talents and hopefully good luck but you've got to work hard haven't you and keep going you have not got give to, up
0: yes and sometimes People think that because I've written so many books, it must somehow be easy for me. I try and make my books very easy to read, but they're not actually that easy to write. Does it and get easier
1: to write? Or does no,
0: it... No, because you worry more. And you think, Do oh, you? Yes, people will think, oh God, is she repeating herself again? Or oh, poor old girl or whatever, what's she writing this for? Um, and... You you are just as paranoid as. Does that
1: sound like imposter syndrome a little bit? (laughs) Totally, totally. Does Jacqueline Jacqueline Wilson even have imposter syndrome sometimes? Is
0: it true? It took me. I was I was about forty and had published at least twenty books, no, many more, before I dared write writer in my passport, Hmm. because it just seemed such a an amazing thing. Do you see the heron?
1: Yeah. Hoping for some lunch, I believe. Yeah, they're always on the lookout, aren't they, for a bit of bite, a bite to eat. It does always amaze me, and I, and I, I love doing the stomp cars for many reasons, but also because I realise that, you know, you meet all these different people from different walks of life, and there's so much actually that people have in common. Perhaps even more things that are in common. We worry about our friends, our family. We don't always feel. Maybe we sometimes we feel like imposters. We also, you know worry about what other people think of us at times it's it's amazing to me actually that really we're all quite similar aren't we even yes, if you have achieved loads that of that things. is
0: what is comforting i mean uh sir Laurence olivier a you know brilliant actor apparently if he was appearing on stage would always have to have a bucket by the stage because we always be sick with nerves wow every performance and wow. and you think somebody with that huge reputation and respect, indeed, um, still gets so anxious. And I've, I've met various actors and comedians throughout my long career, and I, I won't name names, mm. but there are some incredibly gifted, talented, seemingly utterly self-assured people who go white and shake before they bounce on stage, and then there they are, bright and perfect.
1: I mean, it's... Do you think that's kind of synonymous or almost a requirement for well, being good at anything over a period of time? Because I guess the, the fact that you care, right? You I care. think it
0: is the really, really caring and preparing. And it's sometimes you can get away with doing things just by the city of your pants and, and just hope for the best, and it works magically. But there's always that time when it won't. And I think it, it's better to try really really hard to do the best you possibly can and yet also if for whatever reason things go wrong i think you have to forgive yourself and think well it might not have been me it might just have been a weird audience or kids that really aren't into reading or if a book i haven't had that many criticisms Mm. of my books but if i have it's annoying and a little bit upsetting but you have to think one person's opinion that's it and you also i mean i'm not arrogant you think have they got a point here
1: (laughs) um i'd actually say you're extremely i mean from the time that i spent with you you're incredibly humble i would say and it's 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 just it's just amazing to be around someone that's achieved so much and that still has that sense of like you're really down to earth you don't mind me saying um which is which is so lovely i mean you kind of said that um there was a point where you wrote writer in your passport was that was that at the point where you're like do you know what i've actually made it if, if you had I, I know I think were you so. there like do you know what i've actually <laughs> this is it kind of thing i you know i really am a writer what was going on like where were you with your the your kind of book journey at that point
0: i suppose, i was probably about the time i I'd just written the story of tracy beaker yeah. which was you know the the book that kind of made an impact Mm. partly because when it was taken up by the television um you know it it was massive
1: yes of course and you and you are joined by uh abby my assistant producer charlie and we're all tracy beaker fans we we grew up in in that kind of era i guess so you know it had a huge impact on people and again going back to what we said before because people related it related to it so much you know it was kind of that thing of like wow like this is a kid that hasn't got it all right and perfect yes. and they face challenges and they've and got that, friends and things and things go up and down and yeah
0: it was interesting because some mums and dads in a reaction to the television program they just walked past the set and heard heard tracy sort of shouting or having a tantrum and thought good lord what a terribly rude child and you know why why is this on television I don't think there's ever been a child that hasn't got it because when I talked about her and I say, why do you think Tracy is so rude and so naughty? And no matter what sort of background the kids come from, they say, because she's unhappy, because she wants her mum. Uh, She's worried the others will tease her. Mm. Um, And they get that you can have that sort of behaviour if you haven't had a great start in life. And I loved it that uh, CBBC carried on with Tracy so we've had Tracy now now the actress Danny is in her 30s and they have Tracy as a mum in her 30s with a 10 year old Jess and Tracy also starts to foster a teenager I mean we're coming full circle here so
1: you must be I mean, you must be proud of that as an an achievement to to write something that's so successful, but also that was taken. And all these years later is still helping people and having an impact. Do you stop and think, gosh, I'm actually really proud of that?
0: I'm trying to do that because I think you can overcome the Uriah heap. Oh, I'm ever so humble. (laughs) And I think that you, I, it's hard to be in the moment. And when mm. when things became really great, I never took things for granted. Mm. But I always, I, I just was perhaps working so hard or whatever, it just happened. Mm. Whereas now when I look back, I think, gosh, that happened. This happened. And that that really means a lot to me now in
1: retrospect is it a bit of a British thing as well we're not very good at going do you know what I did good there we're very very quick to say oh I did that wrong how terrible I did there Alex you know I let oh I didn't do she's done that better we're not very good perhaps at going. do you know what you showed up today and you did well
0: yeah it's it's funny that I mean I don't play tennis but I love watching tennis and I think a while ago Americans when they'd done really well Saying, I'm really proud of myself. Wow, did you see that? And, and it, it becomes a real shock because if you're British, no, you feel that's also showing off. Yeah. But now I think whatever nationality, people are pumping themselves up and being proud of themselves. And now I think it's great that we're trying to make everybody feel that they're special and you know that they can do things and you see quite little kids saying I'm really proud of myself yeah. and you think that's really good although you know me being from an entirely different generation you know I have a ghost of my mum saying who do you think you are do be <laughs> quiet <laughs>
1: It's true, isn't it? It's perhaps the along with the step upper lip of kind of don't, you know, don't celebrate too much, but don't commiserate too much either yeah. kind of it feels that the other part of it as well is that we, you know, one of the things I try and encourage young people to do and think about is to, to actually not just appreciate what they've done, but to love themselves and to say, because to have that deep sense of like self of, 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 of you know, I am who I am and of all flaws and everything. I love who I am. Do Do you kind of, are you at peace with that? Do you feel that you love yourself? It even sounds an odd question to ask people in some ways. I
0: try to love myself. It's difficult. I think also, you know, we're not supposed to be so gender conscious, but Mm. I think it's much easier for females to have this sort of critical stance against themselves Mm. about the way they look or the way that they Mm. behave or whether they're a good enough mother or wife or partner or whatever um whereas maybe men do that too some men do certainly but you know other men (laughs) you see middle-aged men with big tummies and no muscles sort of posing beside a swimming pool (laughs) so oh I've really got it still (laughs)
1: sort of thing but then why not absolutely absolutely I think it's an important thing to do if you can't love yourself then how are you supposed to yep. love others and expect others to love you? I think it's it's a challenge. Can I ask you about, back to writing, and I guess maybe using the example of, of, of Tracy, for, for, for people listening who maybe want to write or just understand a bit more about characterization and creating characters, how do you come up with a character? And sometimes, and I, I'm curious, do you think there's sometimes a, an inner reflection of yourself that's put into that character? Or do you actually have to kind of prevent yourself putting some of your... I guess, experiences into it.
0: I think there's a little bit of me in all the characters I've written, but mostly they, they're they not exactly like me. Mm. And it's particularly fun if I write about a really feisty child that uh, is, you know, a bit cheekier than I ever was or or more determined or... An incredibly resilient child, um, this is the fun bit, sort of pretending to be other people. I mean it's really like this elaborate grown up version of all those imaginary games that I played, but I still think some people, particularly children and why not, think that i've some experience all the things that all the children in my novels have gone through and so my goodness I'd had the most terrible life ever if I had but it's fun I, I used to do some writing work- workshops with children as well as adults and I would take the beginning of the Tracy Beaker books where Tracy is meant to be filling in this book about her life and she puts down all sorts of things about her age and what mm. she looks like and things she likes best and food, drink, whatever. And then I say, right, we're all gonna make up a character. And now you just think of a character that you want to write about. But, you know, if you're a girl, maybe you'd like to write a boy or you might like to write about a kid much younger than you or you might like so to write about to an adult. Encouraging
1: people to think of yeah. a different perspective. Almost. And then
0: we do it quite quickly and it shows them and then when i say well i always used to say what's your favorite television program perhaps that's not quite so relevant now uh, maybe i would say you know who's your favorite influencer <laughs>
1: <laughs> the world <TikTok>. has changed <laughs> you're keeping up with that absolutely <laughs> but,
0: but try and think of not necessarily what you like but what this character you've made up would like and they nearly always get it and i find it really quite useful because no matter what kind of level they are or age they are or what they've gone through. It's, it's a thing that they'd like to do, but it does help them see that things are different um, for other people. And though they might particularly adore dogs, say, there might be somebody who's really frightened of them and try and find reasons for that. So it's just a, a, a little kind of psychological test that, that kind of shows a, them
1: we're all different it builds empathy doesn't it, it i mean does. so much of what you've talked about in a way it makes you think that actually it's it's about empathizing with characters and people even if perhaps on the outside people might think that person is quote unquote oh that's a bad child or this child is behaving a certain way that's naughty behavior it makes you think well actually what else is going on there or, or what is that what have they experienced what's their perspective of things now i'd, I'd love to tell you just uh, a little story that's well at the start I said that uh, there's so many different things around doing this podcast with you uh today and one of the big things for me is that the first time I imagined literally the first time I imagined in my life was reading um The Faraway Tree um you know Blyton's the, that the, original, is incredible. the first time I ever remember imagining and I can remember the moment with my mum I was young and my mum was reading to me and it is her favorite uh, books as well and um I just remember that kind of opening the door of my mind into a world, as you said, like I imagined climbing up the stairs and what lands that I would visit and and what I'd experience there. And it was just an incredible moment of like, wow, this this world is out there. And it's it's amazing to me to come and record this with you now that you've taken that, those amazing (laughs) books on on your journey really, and taken them with your uh, inspiration and writing. My mum is very excited as well by the fact ah, that I'm well, here it's with it's you so today. Well it's so lovely.
0: You see I read them to my daughter when she was little and she loved them too. And I mean it's extraordinary. It's like being part of a special club or something for people that these books have meant so much to them. But when you look at them in cold blood they're entirely original yeah. in that and it's, it's all to do with childhood wishing and yet there are scary bits too. I mean, there, is, there the, are. The polar bears in, yeah. in the originals are, are yeah. really worrying.
1: And the fear of getting trapped and yes. I might not get home. And yeah, it was actually, even though on the face of it, I think, oh, it's, you know, and a lot of it is kind of like imagining beautiful things and foods and so on, but I might get stuck somewhere and not get home. Yes. Uh, it actually does jog the mind in, in, in perhaps those ways. And for as today's
0: well. children too, um, in the old. the the three wonderful originals, children go off for the day, young children, Mm. six, seven, eight-year-olds go off for the day and mother just cheerily waves them goodbye and they disappear all day long. And that was my one challenge, um, writing my own follow-on modern story, um, using my own characters, but uh, keeping all the lovely traditional characters in the tree, absolutely as they were originally Originally, imagined. Um, but there are very, very few parents who would be happy to let no. children wander off into a wood all by themselves. I think
1: I was the last age group that did. I mean, I was kind of nine or ten, and I would go off with friends down the fields in Wales. That's where I grew up, and I do think I was probably one of the last, because by the time my youngest brother was born, oh my God, there's no way. Yes. There's no way it was a different time it, that didn't happen. Anymore. It's
0: very sad, but you totally understandable. Yes, so I got around this problem in the book by having time stopping the moment you jumped over the ditch into the enchanted wood. Then time stood still, and that that way the characters sure. in the tree time stood still for them. So they're still exactly the same as they were long ago in the original books, uh, but. I do still hope somehow, kind parents might uh, take advantage of children loving these books by saying, "Well, shall we go into a wood? Shall yeah. see, we see a tree, a bit like the faraway tree?" I mean. Possibly this disappointment head, but maybe a bag of toffees like oh, toffee shots.
1: Oh, the toffees! You know, I, I used to literally hear my, my mum would talk about the toffee sweets and so on, and your mouth would just be warm, like yes. Mum, I just need some. Soy. She's like, it's too late, your bedtime. I was like, oh no, I want some toffee sweets. Listen, thank you so much. We're at the end of uh, part two now, and we're going to have a little conversation about the future of writing and publishing with. AI blooming (laughs) and what that means for us, Uh, and then I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your life lessons. Sure. Thank you so much. Sure. Guys, see you soon on the Stompcast. Hold up.